Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now checking in with our man Ali Cosell, who is at the Smoothie King Center for tonight's 7 p.m. tip-off against the Pacers. Good to be back home for this Pell squad after a tough two-game road stint. Yeah, it absolutely is, guys. And look, it's time to get back in the win column, yes. right? I mean, start two and three after the All-Star break. It should have been better than that. Having Jose Alvarado back should be at least a good spark for this club that could use it right now, huh, Ali? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I feel like if they had Jose Alvarado maybe against the Pacers a couple of nights ago, or even in that Chicago game, I think they might have won because the Pelicans were in it right at, at the close of it. They didn't play great basketball throughout most of these losses, but – they, they were in all these games. They could have won them, but that's three straight clutch time losses again uh, to end of February. So, yeah, when you've got a guy that brings momentum and energy like Jose, especially when you're ready without Dyson, and you've got other guys laboring a little bit, right, B.I., C.J. coming off of uh, sprained ankles and such, Jose would have been a big breath of fresh air, I think, for the team. But, hey, he's back tonight. It would have been – understandable, I guess you would say, Ali, for the Pelicans just to kind of lay over, given the circumstances against the Pacers on the road back-to-back and how they didn't get in until 6 o'clock in the morning. Then they had to play a game at 7.30 that night. But they really did fight. And, I mean, you got to give them credit for that. They didn't win. But, I mean, when you look at the game, Pascal Siakam was a big highlight for the Pacers. But who really stood out to me, especially late, was once the Pelicans, every time they made a push to get within one possession, they would get to around five points, and then they couldn't get it to one possession. And then they finally did get there. Uh, and every single time the Pacers would stretch out the lead, they got within three, and then Tyrese Halliburton just took over late with a mm-hmm. big three and then back-to-back beautiful assists that ended up stretching basically a 7 to nothing run by himself in the final couple minutes, and then the Pacers going to win that game. How important is it tonight to slow down not only Siakam, who had a really good game against the Pelicans the first time around, but also get Halliburton, prevent him from getting those crazy runs that he can go on? Yeah, look, absolutely. Halliburton's one of the best engines in the game today. Right, I mean, he's got to be in the top five of everybody's uh, on everybody's list of playmakers. I mean, next to Luca, maybe Shea Gilgeous Alexander, and like one or two others. Tyrese Halliburton's got to be the next name uh, rolling off a tongue. So, yeah, he's fantastic, and he is definitely, like I said, the engine of one of the fastest-paced uh, teams in the NBA. And so you've got to you've got to corral him, do as best of a job as you can, anyways, in, in limiting what he does, and of course that's limiting his creation ability because you can live with him shooting some shots, and yeah, he's. He's a fantastic three-point shooter, but I think what hurts more, of course, is when he's creating for everybody else. So, yeah, you've got to stay in front of him, number one. But number two, you've got to offer that help. And I think with the Pelicans, what they kind of didn't do as good of a job as I think they should have is actually executing on the offensive end to where they would have put, say, Pascal Siakam. You know how fresh he was to close out that game against Zion, made a couple big baskets down the stretch. I'd like to have the Pelicans take advantage of him early, for instance, in the matchup. 
Jonas Valanciunas was being guarded by him, maybe go to the post. You can all of a sudden maybe tilt the game against, you know, the way Siakam finished right there in the, in the opening minutes. And same thing you've got to do with Halliburton. You've got to make him guard too. And I feel like they just didn't really do that good of a job on making the Pacers work defensively. You know, we all, we all know what Indiana wants to do. They basically want to get to 120, probably 130 points every game. And they just think they're going to outscore you. They're going to try and just limit an opponent's three-point shots and just play with that effort, right? So multiple shots per possession, crash the glass. But other than that, yeah, they don't really want to work too hard. Their stars, especially defensively, and that's what you've got to do. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. How will the Pelicans start offensively in this game? Will they try and go at these guys? Because they need to. You're on the money, Ali. And with Tyrese Halliburton, he's leading the league in assists per game right now with 11.6. The next closest guy is Trey Young at 10.8. So he's almost a full assist better than Trey. And just like the offense that you're talking about with this Pacers squad, it's number two as far as offensive rating in the NBA, only behind the Boston Celtics. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference, probably the best team in the NBA. So you're, But the one thing about this Pacers team is like you were saying, yes, they have a great offense. Their defensive rating is like the opposite side of the spectrum. They're 26 uh-huh. out of 30 teams in the, in, in the NBA in defensive rating. So how do you expect the Pelicans to kind of attack that uh, that porous defense tonight uh, to get kind of keep up with that Pacers offense? Yeah, first of all, like I was just saying, you've got to find and hunt those mismatches, right? So if, if, if Rick Carlisle wants to stick Siakam on uh, Valanciunas because they'd rather have Miles Turner, which is smart on Zion, you've got to abuse that matchup. And then, like I said, same thing with all those other guards. And, and they're kind of smaller, right? They don't have the big wings like the Herb Joneses, the B.I.s. Because Benedict Matherum, he, he's about, what, six foot five. We already know Tyrese Halliburton. He's about six foot three, but he doesn't even have that, you know, strong build. So, like I said, you've got to go at them and attack them because they don't want to play physical. They just want to run past you. And that's what, like I said, that's what I'm going to be watching mostly. But Pelicans also have to get back to, you know, they've been turning it over a lot. That's the thing that stuck out to me over these last, uh, five games where they went two and three. They've either given up too many offensive rebounds, which it did in Indiana, right? Smaller team ended up with 14 offensive rebounds. That shouldn't happen. But they've also had key turnovers, like against the Chicago's. There was just one too many. So they've got to go, almost get back to the basics. And honestly, guys, I think we'll see that. Because as we mentioned earlier, five games and seven nights is no joke. I know there was a lot of tired legs uh, in that game. And we even saw Herb Jones two nights ago. I saw him have no energy in chasing Tyrese around almost for that entire fourth quarter. So I think they'll have that energy back, and then we'll see them play. go back to playing that brand of basketball we've largely seen over these last three months. Ali, you just mentioned uh, you know, early in that comment uh, about Jonas Valanciunas. Man, he only had seven minutes last game. Just curious of uh, the reasoning behind that, and can we expect, obviously, more from him tonight? Yeah, so there's been times where Willie has wanted to go smaller, especially when uh, things didn't go that well for the offense in the first half. And that's usually led to Larry Nance starting out of halftime, and then they stay small. And that's what we saw. And like I said, I wasn't a fan of that because all of a sudden the rebounding lost its edge. And I thought you left points out there uh, that were easy points because JV wasn't in the game when we know he's one of the most skilled centers around, one of those traditional bigs. And Indiana doesn't have that size. So, for whatever reason, I think we're, we can expect Willie's going to probably play JV more because going away from him obviously didn't two nights ago. And I do know one other thing. I know they twisted his ankle a little bit in New York in that game against the New York Knicks. So I think that probably also has something to do with playing more mi- limited minutes for JV against the Pacers because when he's not 100%, he really can be slow out there, right? And when it's a fast-paced game, he's kind of got to be operating at 100%. But I think he'll be 
much better tonight. So I think, like I said, we'll probably see him play about 20, 22 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you saw the Pacers have three players with double-doubles, I mean, with Siakam, Turner, and, and I mean, with uh, Halliburton, obviously, with the assists. So I would like to see Jonas kind of get in that double-double category as well and get kind of yeah. help with the rebounding. Because as you said, Ali, it was an issue late in that game. When when the Pacers would be missing a three, they would get an offensive board. And as you said, they're not a huge team. Uh, but at times, I mean, I guess that's you can attribute that a little bit to tired legs. But you just can't get outworked by a team like the Pacers. I know they're a solid team. They're, I think, currently the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they're not they're not a joke. I'm not trying to say that by any means. But if you're uh-huh. the Pelicans at home in your home court, after you go two and three in that five-game stretch, you need a win to keep pace and stay out of the playing tournament. you got to show the effort tonight. And I think they will because what, the vibe we've gotten, uh, especially from the stars like Zion, CJ, BI, is the fact that they're all getting excited because they can feel the playoffs. So every game is taking on more meaning. And I think we've seen it in just the numbers. If you looked, and I was looking at all sorts of numbers earlier today, you can see that the steals and blocks are both up for Brandon Egram and Zion Williamson for the month of February. So that means to me that – and you can see it with the eyes too, right? I saw against Indiana, Zion's flying around trying to block shots that he didn't get to. But we saw him doing that a lot. That's where just a month or even two ago, you weren't seeing that. So I know the effort is there. But that's why I go back to – yeah, it was that kind of obscure part of the schedule. These guys obviously didn't have the legs to play the way they typically have them playing. So it was an aberration. I fully expect them to get back to basically outworking the opponent. That's a big key for them, and we're going to see it tonight. I, I really believe that. Man, one of the things, Ali, when I'm looking at, you know, online, on the social media, or anything the Pelicans put out, I was rubbing my eyes and I had to double-check. When is the last time that you can remember seeing a Pelicans injury report with no <laughs> names on it? Pretty amazing. That's fantastic news, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the whole questionable stuff, which we knew that Zion was largely going to play most of the games that he was listed as questionable. Still, you put that doubt in your mind, right? And then we know in the past years when Brandon Ingram was on the report with largely any kind of status, right, even probable, there was a good chance he wasn't playing. So you're right. Everybody means That means everybody's probably feeling as good as you can, right, 60 or 60-some games into the season. And that's great because Pelicans, look at this Western Conference race, guys. It's going to be a neck-and-neck battle for five and six. So all those – basically everybody outside of Dyson Daniels, everybody being almost as healthy as they can, you've got to win as many as you can, it's a good sign. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Western Conference being the wild, wild west again. Uh, just, you know, very uh, – every game is crucial right now, obviously, to for playoff positioning. Uh, the Pels, it seems like you can be the f- from five to, you know, suddenly the seven and in the playing game any given moment. Yeah, and you want to avoid the plan, right? Absolutely. Lesson last year, Falcons had success two years ago, but then yeah, last year it was a major disappointment, losing OKC when you had much more aspirations for a team that, even though they finished forty-two and forty, you just felt like they were a better team than the previous year. But either way, like I said, everybody knows the playing game is such a gamble, so you want to avoid it at all costs, and they're in posi- position to do it. They just have to win the games that they should win, right? You didn't do it these last five games. And there were some reasons behind it. But moving forward, now that you are healthy, you can't have those excuses. That starts tonight, right? Beats the team that is kind of similar in record, but you should be better than here, especially in front of your home crowd. And then that sets you up for this upcoming three-game uh, road trip. You get to play Toronto, which has really fallen off the map, right, since they've basically dismembered their team with trade. And then you've got two teams that are hurting and falling down in the standings, right? Philadelphia, they won't have Joel Embiid. Atlanta Hawks, no Trey Young. So this could potentially be a four-game win streak, which I think they got to get. Guys, I know you've looked at the rest of the schedule yes. after that. 
it gets much tougher. That's what I was going to ask you about, Ali. Looking at the March schedule, 14 games, and you kind of previewed the first four games, and I agree with you. And another kind of underrated part, if you get this game, there's a huge gap between your next game against the Raptors. It's a four-day break. Your next game's on Tuesday. And then the game after that is on Friday. So I, tired legs should not be an issue in this stretch, this four-game stretch against you know the Pacers, the Raptors, the 76ers, and the Hawks. And then, as you kind of mentioned, you face the Cavaliers, you face the Clippers. Those are two of the elite teams in the NBA. But then you go back to kind of winnable games. Once again, you have the Trailblazers, the Nets, mm -hmm. and the Magic back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back before that heat matchup in Miami, the rematch that everyone's going to be really looking forward to after what happened just this past weekend. And then you have the Pistons, right? So you're looking at that stretch, and then the final three games, the Thunder, the Bucks, and the Celtics all at home. It's the same exact three-game stretch <laughs> that they had at the end mm -hmm. of January that we had talked about that. I remember that, Ali. But I was talking yep. about this in the first segment with Steve. If you're the Pelicans, you're looking at a lot of these games as being winnable. you got to win the winnable games. If you go eight and three or seven and four in the first eleven games, that gives you a little bit of breathing room before you have that three game gauntlet to end the month. Exactly. And that's what exactly what you need to do, right? Because even though I think the Pelicans are, if I'm not mistaken, eighteen and sixteen against teams with records above five hundred, which is one of the better ones right, right around. This still means that if it's one of the better ones and yet it's at five hundred, well that probably gives you a good idea of what you can expect and what the Pels will do this time around to finish out the season against those type of teams. So, yeah, you've got to stack those wins against the other teams, right, the, the, the lesser teams. And it starts, yeah, it starts tonight. And, by the way, with that break coming up, I'm a huge fan of it, not only for their legs to get back to fully 100%, but I feel like this team just – this is going to be the last push to where you're going to get the practice time to where you've got to figure out some things offensively. So, for instance, when I mentioned last game, they didn't go to JV enough. That's where the coaching staff needs to drill in the players as well as just making sure they execute. Take advantage of those mismatches. And more importantly, they still haven't figured out how to close out games. So I'm hoping they'll go through all those type of uh, scenarios over these next, what, seven to ten days where they're only going to play like two or three times to figure that out because it's going to be vital, right? There are going to be a lot of close games you can expect down the stretch, and they haven't been good in those minutes, but they've got to become good. Because we know in the playoffs, almost every game goes down to the wire. Obviously, uh, Ali, you're talking about the schedule, and I'm just curious. I was talking to Charlie about this before we got to you. Can you recall a stretch of these consecutive Eastern Conference opponents that the Pels have had to play? No, not like this. No, it's definitely stacked. Kind Nine of straight. You know, in the past, we'd be happy uh, because <laughs> uh, the Eastern Conference is usually the lame duck. But I'm saying what, they're a little bit tougher. Now the Pelicans are a little banged up. I would have liked to have seen the schedule probably a month or two ago. But either way, yeah, it's beyond rare, right? Yeah, usually there's a better balance. Not this year. Yeah, and another guy that we've talked about multiple times, Ali, and you saw the glimpse of it, right? We've been waiting for him to break out, and he had his sort of breakout against the Knicks in the fourth quarter, and that was Trey Murphy. And then uh -huh. afterwards, you saw Willie go up to him. It's a great coaching moment. It was just like, welcome back, right? Like, <laughs> it, it, I know that Trey loved to hear that. but And then his performance against Indiana – was kind of a little bit more of what we've been seeing from him most of this year, where he goes two of eight from three, only puts up 11 points the night after putting up 26, where he hit six threes. I think that it's going to be really important in this four-game stretch where there like, are breaks, so where you're not going to have tired legs, uh, like we mentioned yeah. in that first game against the Pacers, for Trey to keep building that confidence that he saw in that first game against the Knicks. Yeah, for him, for the Pelicans to be their most effective, he's almost like an X factor to me. Right. And we learned this last year. Right, if he shoots just eight threes, not make them, just shoot eight threes. The Pelicans are winners. Last year they went twenty and five when he just shot eight times from deep, uh, and then this year I want to say they're thirteen and four. 
So I don't care if it's going in or not. It's just it's better for the offense that he's at least attempting those shots. And just growing that confidence, of course, you need some to go in. That, that's the most vital thing. I think one of the most vital things coming down the stretch. Besides figuring out clutch minutes, I think it's getting Trey, right, regularly into that 20, 16 to 20 point per night type of scoring range. So that's what he's offering the most, right? That's his best asset for the Pelicans. I will say, though, that it was kind of nice to see a couple of nights ago, what do you get, 10 rebounds? That tied a career high. Yeah. And in that game against the Pacers, he had seven assists. That was a new career high. So he slowly began to kind of show more parts to his game. And we've seen it even defensively, right? He had three blocks, I want to say about two and a half weeks ago. He's had more blocks than steals of late. So all around his game's improving, but still, yeah, it's the shooting, guys, Steve. Um, you've you got to see it. You've got to hope that the Pelicans feed them enough because I think that just makes them a better team. And then looking at the Western Conference standings, Ollie, we were also talking about this a little bit earlier. With the Pelicans, where they're at right now, this is a spot. We actually got a text that someone had messaged in and said, hey, guys, I know it would be great for the Pelicans to be the four, but how bad or good would it be for them to be the five or the six and avoid the play-in series? And if they don't host, who could be the opponent? Thanks. So – what you heard from Jose Alvarado in our first little clip that we played, it was like a minute long where he was talking about, yeah, we're trying our best to avoid this play-in mm-hmm. tournament. Because if you're looking at the play-in standings right now, you see the Mavericks, you see Luka Doncic, you see the Kings and, and De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, you see the Lakers and AD and LeBron and how well they've been playing recently, and you see the Warriors. And, I mean, you just want to avoid that at all costs. The good news is that you're currently at the sixth spot, so if you keep winning and you go on this four-game winning streak, you set yourself up in good position – because you're only a half game back of the Suns, but at the same time, you're only a half game ahead of the play-in tournament and the Mavericks at the seventh seed. And I think uh, it's fun to mention that, you know, they're further away from the four seed than they are from the 10. Like, they're yeah. three and a half games back of the Clippers at the four spot who are, you know, hosting a first-round series as of now than they are from the Warriors in the 10 spot in the play-in tournament. They're only three games ahead. So, I mean, this this upcoming stretch, the four-game stretch that you kind of highlighted, Ali, it's so, so important mm-hmm. for them to get off to a good start this month because, as we predicted, you know, they have some really tough games later on in the month, and it all has to start tonight against a Pacers team that you want to get re- uh, revenge against. Yeah, and what it's going to come down to is let's see a good first quarter, right? I mean, what was it? I, I want to say three of these last five games, they had terrible first quarters. They had to fight back against the Heat. I remember the Heat were up 19 before the Pels had a good – close of that first half went down 20 against the Pacers the first time against the Pacers right and so you can't do that when one of your strengths is actually being a good first quarter team well you definitely can't have a bad first 12 minutes so yeah that has to start tonight I I couldn't agree more but like I said I'm fully expecting for them to resemble the way they have played largely for this year tonight because legs will be more rested they've had um you know, good nights rest in their own bed, and they know what's at stake. So I'm not worried about the termination. I'm so worried about them having the energy, and that shouldn't be a problem tonight. Thank you for the time, as always, Ali. One hard-hitting question before you go. The Pelicans wearing those City Edition uniforms tonight? You know what? I didn't even check. I haven't seen them out there, but I <laughs> want to say yes. I heard somebody talking about it. I want to say yes. Okay, always, a, like I said, appreciate your time, my man, and uh, hopefully enjoy the game. We come away with the victory. Absolutely, guys. We need to get some wins before I talk to you guys next. <laughs> Amen Absolutely. to that. Thank you, Ollie. Credentialed NBA writer covering the Pelicans, Ali Cosell at the Smoothie King Center for that 7 p.m. tip-off coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.